0: The year of the vagina is at an end. We've compiled all 26 segments from Yay Therapy through Dreaming of a Black Christmas into this bonus episode as a gift to you. Please be sure to share this 90-minute bit of edutainment with your friends. Quick note, there is a secret code word tucked away in this episode. When you hear it, put it in an email and send it to Pitney and Amelia at gmail.com. One lucky winner will receive a copy of Jen Gunter's awesome book, The Vagina Bible, plus a little bit of show swag. And don't forget, in 2020, we bring you The Year of Woo. The Year of the
1: Vagina!
0: I didn't know I had a vagina until I was in fourth grade and they took the girls into this room and taught us about our periods. I don't remember what I thought was going on down there but I know I was always confused about which hole a baby came out of. But that was like 40 years ago and just today when Google suggested that people also search for how many holes in your vag. I thought maybe anatomy would be a nice start for this segment. So let's talk about the external parts of female genitalia. The vulva. The vulva is all that good meaty stuff that protects a woman's urinary opening and vaginal opening. The outer and inner lips of the vulva are called the labia majora and labia minora. The vestibule, which sounds like a tastefully decorated foyer, surrounds the opening of the vagina, or introitus, and the opening of the urethra. Introitus. Sexy name for a sexy place. Oh, and FYI, the perineum is the area extending from beneath the vulva to the anus. But I've also heard it referred to as the chin rest. Oh, and of course, up there in the front, the clitoris. We'll talk about that some other time. So that's the basics of the anatomy. That's enough for now. We've got a whole year to get into all the good shit about the vagina. can't we say words like Vagina? Why do we feel compelled to use nicknames like Lady Business and Hoo-Ha or Vajayjay? That one makes me want to punch someone, by the way. Did you know that in 2010, Kotex wanted to use the word Vagina in an ad for pads and tampons and the three main American networks said they wouldn't air that ad? So Kotex changed it to Down There and two of those networks still wouldn't air the ad. 2010 people! What are they so afraid of? I mean, apart from women finally relaxing and feeling comfortable with themselves and their bodies and not giving a shit what men think. And hell, if we start using the right word, we might know the right word for the part we're actually referencing. Such as saying vagina when we're talking about the actual vagina and not the general area down there. And I know, I know, I used it to mean everything, but mostly I used it to upset people. And look, I get that sometimes I use euphemisms for vagina and vulva and whatnot, but it's not because I'm not comfortable saying those words, it's because I don't want to be repetitive. In a two-minute segment, I could say vulva like 20 times for crying out loud. I'm trying to keep you from getting bored. You're welcome. But you know what's worse, ladies? The nicknames dudes use for our parts. Beaver. Gash. Piss curtains. Guys are so gross but we can't expect them to use proper words when we won't do it. So your assignment this week is to use anatomical language about your genitalia in public at least once. In context, of course, don't just walk up to a counter attendant and say, good morning, I'd like two pounds of vagina, please. If it makes you more comfortable, you can warn your friends before you do it so they won't faint. Let's practice now. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, say vagina with me out loud. One, two, three.
1: Vagina!
0: Are you guys ready for our first guest segment? Here's a little vagina talk from the ladies at I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam.
2: Hey Samantha!
3: Hi Lisa. How you
2: doing? Good. So our friends from the Bitchin Boutique Mm -hmm. podcast—they asked us to, oddly enough, to talk. They wanted us to submit a clip about Regina.
3: Lisa. Like
2: Regina, Saskatchewan, I
3: guess. No, 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 no. You you sent me their message. Yeah. They want us to talk about vaginas. Not Regina. I thought it was Regina. No, because See, we live in
2: Saskatchewan, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, oh, sure. Let's talk sure about friends Regina. friends podcast. We can tell you about Regina, right? That's what. I, no, no, the vagina, the vagina, like the like 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 my vagina, your 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 vajayjay, you're our vajayjays. Okay,
3: so uh, awkward conversation in yeah, the car happening awkward. right now. <laughs> um, I mean, Regina is kind of like a vagina because it's dirty. Both can be dirty
2: both can be dirty both can be dirty both can be slippery <laughs> right, <laughs> right?
3: Oh, that's disgusting. well they can be yes, they can They can be both can smell
2: both can smell <laughs> both can smell right i don't think both are self-cleaning no but the vagina is i googled it Yes. and it said it was self-cleaning and it was funny it showed a picture of a of a dirty wet cat and then a dry fluffy cat and i'm like i still i don't even understand what that's about either
3: that's a wet pussy. And a I don't even pussy.
2: Uh, I don't even what understand where a cat is even closely <laughs> oh related to like my vagina.
3: Yeah. Right? But you know there's so many different words for a vagina. It's weird. Like pussy would be one of them. Yeah,
2: don't say the bad word. But JJ. Yeah, don't the say the C word. But don't say it.
3: <laughs> the, C word. Yeah. the T word. The T word.
2: Right? What's the T word? It sounds like uh what? Oh <Right>?
3: Right? So that's what's kind of funny is all the different all weird words. All the different words, words for regi- See, now, we could call it regina. Yeah. Because it's so close to vagina. Yeah. That people wouldn't even understand what we were talking about. And regina
2: really is a city in Saskatchewan. It is city in
3: Saskatchewan. Right?
2: So I, that's what I just thought we were talking about, reginas. Yeah.
3: And sometimes people call vagina,
2: vagina. Yeah. so. Yeah. So it's kind of. Because it's so close. It is so close. It's a little comical. Yeah, it's a little, it is a little bit funny. So I don't know. We don't really have a lot to say about it. No. But it's kind uh, of a funny, I like the fact that it's a funny word. It
3: is a funny word. Yeah. And we
2: have them. And hoo-ha. Oh, hoo-ha. We do have them and they've never bared children. I'm proud of my
3: non-bearing
2: <laughs> child vagina.
3: Did you know that your pelvic area gets malleable when you are you don't pregnant. even understand
2: what malleable means it
3: means your pelvic area gets soft so that it gets ready to have the baby no i
2: don't even care
3: i was unfortunate and was part of a conversation that two women were having i don't want to hear that one being pregnant one having had i don't children. want to hear that i don't even I know have,
2: i didn't want to have babies because i don't want to go to a gynecologist <laughs> to look at my vagina right so uh-uh. why do you call it vagina just sounds better it sounds weird vagina call it your bajajay no that or sounds hoo-ha. weird Maybe or, or your you're down, down I'm there, there. Or am i down there or am i down south <laughs> all right guys that's all we got for you that's all we got. i don't know if we've helped you at all but no. uh, we just think it's an odd word it
3: is an odd word <laughs>
4: Hey, everybody out there. My name is Kim. I am the host of People Are Wild, the podcast that claims to bring you medical entertainment. Being an ER nurse, I've seen a few things when it comes to the wonderful world of being a woman yes all things vagina i suppose if you will i have assisted in numerous pelvic exams i've had to help out with the birth of a few babies in my time and let me tell you one thing if there is one thing that is the strongest most durable thing in this universe it is a vagina okay because i have seen a few things in my time that would make the most stalwart. And is that a word? It might not be a word. I don't know. But the most like brawny man out there pucker and cringe and go, ooh. yeah. I remember one time working in the ER that I heard about. I never had this happen or sort. Uh, I should backtrack. I have never saw a patient who had this, but I heard about a patient who came into the ER with a labial laceration that was pretty darn gruesome, and they were over the age of 50. So I guess what had happened was that this woman was taking a shower and she had a sliding glass door frame in her shower and she ended up slipping, coming out of the shower, I believe, and landing squarely right on the metal track that holds the actual doors that that when they slide giving herself an accidental epistiotomy, if you will. Sorry, episiotomy. Not epistiotomy. That's not even a word. It's an episiotomy. Anyways, so she gave herself an accidental huge labial laceration that ended up gushing blood. She called 911, and I'm sure when those medics responded and she said that she had vaginal bleeding, it was not what they anticipated for a woman of her age. And a mechanism of injury such as that. Now the good story, or the moral of the story, or the ending of the story, would be that she did end up getting everything repaired. But in order to do so, she ended up needing a little bit of plastic surgery to that area. So I don't know why I felt inspired to to share that story. But if we're going to talk about all things vagina... Um, that is one of the stories that always jumps to mind in terms of like how durable and how amazing that organ is. I mean, there's no other way of saying it that there is a lot of strength in there and there's a lot of strength in women who have it. And it's not just from an anatomical or medical perspective, but it is also in a... Much bigger sense of of being a woman of being a vagina holder, if you will, uh, is that there is strength in that um, being seen as the docile um, fairer sex, if you will, the more level headed one sometimes in in a dynamic, there is still great strength in being a woman. but when going back I guess to being a medical professional and seeing things happen with people in terms of medical and biological processes and anatomical things that happen with the vagina. I got to just tell you, man, the resiliency of the vagina is something to behold, Um, whether it be accidental labial lacerations or seeing how people get certain things stuck in there and have them stuck in there for days, months, years at a time, oh man, the stories I could share, and I do share sometimes on my podcast, just kidding, that's not a shameless plug, it's a little bit of a shameless plug, but the thing is, the vagina is so resilient, take it from me, working in ER, seeing the things that I have seen, I gotta just tell you, the power of the mighty V is not to be trifled with.
0: Did you know the clitoris is like an iceberg? Where are you going? Get back here. Sit. Here are some things I bet you don't know because we haven't been encouraged to understand how things work in and around our vaginas. Imagine my surprise when I learned that the first time they taught us about Lady Junk in school, anatomically correct illustrations of the clitoris didn't even exist. The first detailed illustration of its structure happened in 1981, right as I was finishing sixth grade. Crazy, right? So let's get to learning. First of all, when people say the clitoris is small, like the size of a pea, they're only talking about the head of it. This would be like a dude saying his dick is the size of a walnut. And that little pea-sized head has twice as many nerve endings as the entire head of a penis. Speaking of the penis, Yeah, the penis and clitoris are analogous, but I bet you were taught that the penis was an organ. Were you taught that the clit is an organ? Probably not. I remember it being described as just a cluster of nerve endings. Not big enough or complex enough to call it an organ, but it is. Not only is it an organ, but it's kind of huge. Imagine a wishbone with two additional bulbous handles. You know where the head of it is. Now picture the sides up inside your body, running the length of your vulva, kind of wrapping around things. You know how Freud used to talk about vaginal orgasms? That was never the vagina. That was the interior parts of the clitoris at work. Good old Freud, him and his obsession with penetrative sex. Speaking of orgasms, because why not? I'm going to read this bit about the mechanism of orgasm from Go Ask Alice, because they summed it up beautifully. During sexual excitement, the clitoris swells and changes position. The blood vessels through the whole pelvic area also swell, causing engorgement and a feeling of fullness and sexual sensitivity. The inner vaginal lips swell and change shape, and the vagina balloons upward, causing the uterus to shift position. Orgasm is the point at which all the tension is suddenly released in a series of involuntary and pleasurable muscular contractions in the vagina, the uterus, and the rectum. I could go on and on just like a clitoris could, being so utterly superior to the penis in terms of refractory period. But I'll leave you with some reading material. Cliteracy 101, which you'll find on entitymag.com. You can Google that, but I'll also leave a link in the show notes. And an excellent one-hour audiobook called The Button by Wednesday Martin, PhD. You'll be so glad you checked those out.
5: Hi, this is Shauna. And this is Trisha. And this is two girls on a bench. And
6: we are here visiting the bitch and boutique to talk about the
5: vagina.
6: Vaginas. <laughs> it's all about vaginas. We all
5: got one. Well, most of us. Half the population does. <laughs> Some of us. The important part. We do. Yes.
6: Yeah, there are vaginas on the bench.
5: Everywhere. <laughs> There's vaginas everywhere. <laughs> You cannot escape them.
6: So we wanted to share a couple little stories. So um, one I have that's funny is when my sister was little, she had like a burning in her vagina. And my mom put some (laughs) back then and she put like some Vaseline on it, right? And she was about four and we were at my grandma's house and she came running out from her bedroom saying, Gamma, Gamma, I need some more gasoline on my China (laughs) Bells.
5: Gasoline. Oh, I didn't remember that part. And, funny.
6: and my grandmother looked at my mother, and she's a very proper woman, and she was <laughs> like, "What is your daughter talking about? Gasoline, gasoline on, on, my on my China bells." <laughs> so you call her vagina her China bell because she couldn't say. You know, she just didn't understand China, just a vagina China bell. I think maybe she was like three ish. Now that I think about it, but anyways, it was just funny. And like for life, we'd be like, "How's your China bells? So your like China bells. some gasoline for I your like China it. bells."
5: Well, and then you have like a lot of good stories. I don't I really do. have any.
6: A couple. Well, we yeah. have one.
5: Well, we have a funny story about how one day we were—I don't know—we were writing, we were writing on, like
6: performance piece. Some,
5: yeah, something, and we were trying to think of slang words for vagina.
6: Yeah, and so we have like all these slang words, like muff and box <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, like so many. That. We actually asked some guys to like for our carpet
5: s'more. muncher. Oh no, well that's a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean we were carpet co- that's munched. <laughs> we were just like coming up with all these things and then we were like, God, I feel like we're missing something. And then we called somebody and they're like were your like, husband or something. Yeah, we called somebody and they're all pussy. And we were like, oh, <laughs> oh my god. god. And we missed the most obvious one. We forgot pussy. Yeah. We were just like, God damn it. In so- fact, I had a note
6: on my vagina notes to uh to say that we forgot pussy and I was like, What it, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Does that note mean? <laughs> Okay, so another story I have from my daughter is um, when she saw her little baby brother in the bathtub, the first time she turned to me and she went, Mom, girls have the best vaginas. And I was like... (laughs) Yes, we do. Yes, dear. We sure do. And then uh, Logan, who's now four the other day, just told me that he is, in fact, growing a vagina in his testicles. And it will come out when he's older, and I was like,
5: "Good to know." All right. Well, he's redefining <laughs> science, which is awesome.
6: He thinks like when he gets big, like his sister. He's you know gonna I mean? like look like her. He's there. He's gonna grow a vagina, and then like, I mean, that's kind of a logical kinda, like,
5: conclusion to see. move forward,
6: and yeah. Well, for a while he thought his he did have a vagina in the like behind his <laughs> penis, and I'm like. <laughs> Nope, And he's now he's saying penis. For a while, it was a peanut. I know it has nothing to do with vagina, but yeah.
5: It's a lot of vaginas, you know? A lot of vagina yep. talk, a lot of China bells. The <laughs> gasoline on my China bells is my favorite thing it's in the so world. It's so funny. I like, well, want of bumper sticker that says that, even though no one will know what it means. Molly, <laughs> well, gasoline for my China bells. Like, it's like a weird code word. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right.
6: Well, anyways, hopefully... Um, these stories like help expand your vagina <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> expand the joy of the vagina. Yes. And, all right. So this is two vaginas on the bench. Ah, two vaginas on the bench. Signing off. Bye. Bye.
0: On this episode's year of the vagina segment, I decided that uh, Pitney would be involved because I, I had this memory that he saw a vagina once, and it really disturbed him. It <laughs> scarred him for life, and I, I just yes, have... it did. <laughs> <laughs> and I remembered that when he described. The incident to me, his description of what he saw was so confusing that I... Okay, so these are not photographs. These are um, someone's drawings of different vulvas.
7: Oh, okay. I was going to say because I couldn't handle
0: photos. (laughs) Oh, no, they're not photos. Well, you may not be able to handle some of these. They're all very different. They're not in color. I'll spare you that. There's quite a few pages... So, I, I just want you to page through. Now, I'm just, uh, while you're looking through them, just because, here's the thing. Vulvas are like snowflakes. They're all, have the basic structure, but they're all very different. Maybe kind of that. Okay. So, so what I'm hoping that, that Pitney can do um, is if he can, these are lots of different, some have hair, some don't. See, definitely not that, because that's,
7: I've seen that. No, it was not. Okay,
0: so like some are, uh, uh, some oh. are like you know the the inner lips are clearly visible. Mm-hmm. Some are uh, all outer lippy. I want to say are, like that. Okay, so here, so, oh, okay, he's making. He's, okay, because I would <laughs> because what the way he and. described it. Oh, and the prickly. <laughs> the prickly okay that, actually
7: know that it's a funny coincidence but yeah
0: okay i okay so what what he has what he has shown me is a a picture where the outer lips are kind of small and the inner lips are kind of hanging out sticking out okay so that so that which which is close to what i was visual, visualizing but the way he described it I'll just I'll just use the phrase that you use. Yes. He described it as, and there was this throbbing thumb, and I was like, "What?" And granted, yes, they all look different. And it was and, from a distance. I mean, not. I mean, you okay? It was okay. From why don't five Why don't away. you tell our listeners why you saw a coochie once? Okay, so very
7: briefly, I was getting ready to go out with a friend. Yeah. And this friend was very athletic, and she, so she was very limber. And yes, she was she sitting was very in bendy. the bathtub, and I was sitting on the toilet, probably putting black eyeliner on. God. And all of a sudden, there's a leg straight up in the air. Now, she
0: is taking a bath, Taking a us. bath, yeah. Th- that you are in the bathroom with her while she is nude in the bathroom. Yeah,
7: and we're just hanging out, and I'm getting ready, and just, I mean, whatever. You know, like girlfriends, okay. right?
0: Now, I want to make it clear. I have never taken a bath with him in the bathroom. That doesn't happen with me. No, but, but we've
7: changed in front of each other before. I
0: know, but yeah. it's not the same.
7: But so anyway, all of a sudden there's a leg up in the air. And it involves the lady bic.
0: So, yeah, because she's she has been shaving.
7: Yeah, so she's shaving, you know, her parts. As
0: you do before you go out for the evening. I, I don't know. But I'm in, not a shaver, in, in, in I know. In the midst
7: know. of shaving, you know, she's sort of like, you know, grabs it a little bit and kind of well, opens you have it to a little, shift you know. things, yes. And just sort of looks at me.
0: Ugh. Oh.
7: And this was after an incident where she was dancing topless for me.
0: Oh, God. In
7: the living room. Oh. Previous to that. And... Oh. I don't remember very what I said, but I was very, very horrified because to me it looked like it was, you know, like a throbbing thumb.
0: And, and right now, so he's like, he's making a fist and he's shoving his thumb out yes. from between fingers. And so I didn't know what it
7: was, but the funny thing is, <laughs> was afterwards when I was clearly disturbed, her reaction was not to apologize. Mm but to say, I don't know what's the matter with you. I've turned many a gay man's head. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because she looked like a 12-year-old boy. I'll, oh, did I say that?
7: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just anyway. curiously
0: going through this pile of papers with... Um, I, I don't know why. I I, I just... Uh, for No, none of these look like mine. I mean, not that I really know what yeah. mine look like. Because the but only that time it has to be the closest thing okay. to Okay. See, I was afraid it was more like that
7: no, or that no. ugh, God. Yeah. No. I mean
0: I shouldn't be like, ugh, because they're all normal and they're all beautiful, whatever. But I the only time I ever looked at mine, which of course means squatting over a mirror, because that's <laughs> the only way. Yeah. Um, there was a period where uh, I was having to get a bunch of procedures done because I had some a little HPV thing going on, little wartiness. And the first wave of treatment was this acidic stuff that they would put. Oh. And it was like, I don't know what made me want to look at it. Um, oh, I guess come to think of it, I guess I looked at it twice. I looked, I looked at it once when I had the acid burns.
7: It's so awful.
0: Which which basically like turns your skin white and puffy and then it falls off. Uh, that's gross. Um, and then later when I had a laser ablation go on, the internal and external everything burnt to bits, for some reason I thought I wanted to see what that looked like. And that just basically was like, like almost like looking like an X-ray of your skin, like oh, it's like very very thin skin and all veins and God knows because you're, there's not they've taken all the outer layers of skin oh. off, and it was fucking horrifying, and so I never wanted to look at it again. <laughs> but you know, I I I'm not I'm not I've I've never been one of those women who are like. Oh, do my parts look okay? Because I'm yeah. always like, they are what they are. Right. I'm not gonna go I mean, it horrifies me that even like teenage girls wanna get plastic surgery on their coochies because the the only ones they see are like watching internet porn and they're like, Well, mine don't look like that, so uh, that means I'm yeah. that means mine's wrong. There was one time. We were at we were at a friend's house. There was just I mean, you know, one of those one of those nights where you're at a friend's place and, and um everyone's drinking and conversations go in weird directions. <laughs> and one person at the gathering well, it wasn't it wasn't unusual for her to suddenly start spilling a bunch of personal woe. <laughs> but uh this particular night it was, she was extremely concerned about her lips and whether or not they were, like, malformed or something. And there were a couple other women there, one of them being the, the one whose home we were at, who were like, well, if you want, we can go in the bedroom and we'll look and we'll tell you if they're okay. And there was a whole bunch of so who wants to come in here? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm all right. Well, you know, one one of one of them being uh, a trans friend who when she got her bottom surgery and she came over to talk about it, she offered, if you want, we can go in the other room and I can show you. And I said, "You know, there's a part of me that's curious, but I don't typically look at the crotches of my friends right. and i really don't need to know what anybody's look like yeah. i mean i just i really do not know i'm not familiar with the genitalia of my friends <laughs> in general but um so so i was not about to go into that room you wanted to but they wouldn't let uh, yeah him. i was curious you know <laughs> And you could have seen another coochie that night. Well, because it
7: wasn't going to be an invasive, a mentally invasive thing like...
0: No, it was It was it purely for science. <laughs> it was not a seduction. It was for science. No,
7: it wouldn't have been like, you know, the seductive slight opening.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello,
7: why did she think that was going to work on me?
0: Oh, just... No. And I'm
7: sure we were drinking... Oh, of course I'm we sure. were of course we were
0: but still <laughs> I mean and it come was on. in
7: your ex-boyfriend's bathtub
0: I know <laughs> I know uh, I, I I knew that apartment well. Oh God
7: <laughs>
0: that's a whole other story anyway. But, it, but anyway vaginas vulvas are like snowflakes they're they're all different. They're all normal. If, it's, if there's something that's like, if it changes, on, okay, gravity. Gravity happens, ladies. If, if you're not old enough to have had gravity happen yet, things will shift as you get older. Even if you haven't had children, it's gravity. But it's all normal. Don't freak out. Do not get surgery. On your beds because you think they're unattractive. That's not. If a guy, if somebody wants to get there, and you let them get there, they're gonna be so happy to be there, <laughs> right? That they ain't gonna be like, you know, this could be a little shorter. You know, they're not gonna be oh, this. You know, I was hoping it'd be a little pinker. I don't know, but yeah. So no, no. And if they're the kind of asshole who would say something, they deserve to die. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Because, asshole. Anyway. <laughs> so, yay. Yay, labia.
7: <laughs> the throbbing thumb <laughs> that haunts my nightmares. <laughs>
0: Okay, ladies, file this one under stop shoving unauthorized crap into your hole. Apparently, Marie Claire UK actually published and later redacted an article saying that women can, quote, kickstart their periods with vaginal inserts made of parsley. Look, parsley is awesome. It's loaded with nutrients and it makes your breath smell better. But that's when you eat it. Sticking leafy greens into your lady business is a really bad idea. Even if you're a vegetarian. Get it, vegetarian? Is this thing on? Fine. Now, parsley has been used by midwives for hundreds of years to induce menstrual flow and even to cause miscarriage, but that's in super high doses. And it's really stupid to wanna force yourself to hemorrhage, ladies. But then, when more and more desperate women are being denied access to health services... Um, you know, I'll leave that right there. No surprise that after the article was published, doctors lined up to say, with very serious faces, things like, I would urge women not to insert anything without proper medical advice. And, There is no evidence of any benefit to a woman doing this. You know, every one of them wanted to just scream, Stop being stupid! Don't listen to idiots like Gwyneth Paltrow! You're lucky if all you get is an oozy grain infection, you moron! Seriously, you can die from stuff like this. Don't stick plants in your vagina. Thus endeth the lesson. This week, I'd like to do a product review. Now, there won't be many of these, since I'm pretty much against companies marketing things to women to help them with their vaginas, since vaginas don't need help. But this product was presented to me in a DM by a listener, a male listener, who had no idea I was about to embark on a very vaginocentric year. And when I read what this was, I just had to give it a try. It's called V-Magic. It's sort of a moisturizing balm for the vulva. And I know what you're thinking. As if it needs to be moister. I get it. And after using this glop for a few weeks, I read a couple reviews online and I don't not agree with them in the sense that, yeah, vaginas are fine, vulvas are fine, nobody needs this, don't spend your money on bullshit. But is there a medical need to put lotion on your ashy-ass elbows before you go to bed? Will you, like die if you don't moisturize your hands after doing the dishes? No. But it feels nice, right? Over time, you're probably doing some good, avoiding some irritation and scaly grossness. But you don't need it. Well, this is like that. It's a greasy, oily unguent you apply to your nethers after you shower or whatever, when they're freshly clean, and it makes them feel, well, like you just put on lotion. And let's be honest, sometimes the old undercarriage gets a little irritated for various reasons. Now, I'm not talking about medical conditions you need to get checked by a doctor. I mean, like, everyday wear and tear. I can definitely say that mine has been just fine since I've been smearing this on every day. Is it magic? No. It's olive oil and beeswax and a little bit of honey and royal jelly and other bee products that are allegedly beneficial but it's pleasant and you might like it. So I'm not going to tell you to use it, but I'll say I might just buy a second jar of it when this one is spent. V-Magic by Medicine Mama's Apothecary. They also make something like a tube of chapstick for your vulva, and that just seems gross and stupid to me. So stick with the jar. I got mine on Amazon and it was about 30 bucks, but it's going to last me a long, long time. Happy moisturizing! Since this is our Texas Frightmare episode, this week's Year of the Vagina segment is about Vagina Dentata. For those who've never heard of it, that's Latin for toothed vagina, like a cooch that can bite off a dick while the fucking is happening. It's adorable how men have always found new and exciting reasons to be scared of us. That's no dainty flower, it's a saber-toothed tiger hungry for meat! idiots. And like a lot of myths, it's worldwide. Men everywhere are worried that they could draw back a nub. And while today we think of it as possibly empowering, the truth is these things exist as a way to reinforce the fucking patriarchy. Because scared men equal men holding tightly to their power and seeing a woman as a threat, not an equal. Two cool things I want to mention though. One, There are these things called dermoid cysts that contain tiny teeth and sometimes hair and little eyeballs. And women can get them on their ovaries and very, very rarely their vaginas. Eek! And two, an activist in South Africa used the idea of coochie teeth to create a female condom with barbs inside that'll make it attach itself painfully to any unauthorized dick that gets up in there so in cases of rape it may start but it'll definitely stop pretty quick finally because it's frightmare check out a movie called teeth from 2008 this chick has a vagina that bites hard when she's not into the sex it's pretty hilarious well to women anyway Since we're talking about addiction in this episode, I thought I'd let you know what opioid addiction does to the old sex organs. Now, of course, most research on the effects of long-term opioid abuse on sexual function has been on male subjects. Can you hear me rolling my eyes? But we do know that because opioid use affects adrenal androgen production, that means that some women will lose their interest in sex because of icky vaginal dryness that makes it painful and no fun. One study done by the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism with 32 female subjects said that 22 of them had decreased libido and the 21 who were premenopausal developed irregular menstrual cycles or their periods stopped altogether. And yet, with all that, we still suffer sexually less acutely than men claim to when we abuse opioids. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's because men are weenies. So, yay?
8: The moral of the story is don't stick things up your vagina. Just literally never Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So, I'm Philippa from Everything's Awful Forever. I'm Jess, I guess. Here to talk about vaginas. Vaginas. Oh, so, I wanted to look at the ancient Greeks because... You want to look at their vaginas. I really do. Mm. You look at a vagina and you go, that vagina's got history. That's what I mean, (laughs) The Greeks had funny ideas about women in general. Aristotle calls women monsters that deviate from the male default states. (laughs) What's changed? (laughs) Cue the laugh track, everyone. (laughs) And that's just the general female form. (laughs) Of course he had intimate knowledge of women's bodies, because of course he didn't! Of course he didn't! Dissecting human corpses was taboo, so the Greeks got all their knowledge about women's bodies by dissecting cows. Which they're the same. No wonder they thought that women were monsters. (laughs) women have fucking two stomachs! Holy (gasps) shit! And they talk about their hooves and horns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and women are like, uh, oh, I'm just going to go. I'm just nod and smile. When you get to the specifics, it gets even worse because vaginas and wombs. The Greeks thought that wombs were somewhat more mobile than we think them today. And that was basically a woman's problem. Her womb just wandered around her body, sitting in her shoulder, <laughs> snuggling in her lungs, and if you didn't watch that womb and you let it roam free, then they would crawl up into your throat and strangle you. <laughs> and then you're one wife shot. Oh my god.
9: Like a little hamster <laughs>
8: scrambling around the body. Like, what's,
9: what's going on here,
8: guys? You can just see the womb like a little hamster going, going on an adventure! <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what they had to do to fix the women. Was to get the womb back to where it belonged, it needed to accept its fucking place in society, like the rest of its home. (laughs) (laughs) So you you win more flies with honey, basically. Mm. So they used to put nasty-smelling things by the woman's nose and sweet-smelling things by the vagina. so that the womb would just be like snuff, 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 uh, 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 I'm heading south guys and it would follow the smell trail and find its way back to its little home <laughs> its rightful place wherever the fuck that is and next
9: then- to its huge cow pancreas and stuff I don't know <laughs> I'm not a doctor nestled
8: between the second stomach <laughs> the second stomach is the place where we all want to be <laughs> Yeah. and then maybe after that your wife won't be such a bitch because you fixed her womb you put her back where it belongs. So every time you're in a really bad mood, just like
9: just put some like a Yankee candle right down there. And squat over just it. Squat over it, and so you can lower your wound back down, so you can stop getting on at everyone about all the women things that you want to Pro- do and have. I don't know. Pro tip, do not light the Yankee candle. <laughs> do not light the Yankee candle, because that's how... That's how you kill the
8: mole. And then what happens? Well, then you just frighten it and it goes back <laughs> up again. Just fleeing <laughs> the smoke. <sighs> and this has been a medical
0: podcast. <laughs> by <laughs> Phillip and Jess. So, yeah, we talked about dental dams when Steve was here. And I totally said I never knew of anyone who had used one. Which is true but vagina havers and vagina lickers were all totally told we should be using them. So why don't we? Because, imagine it. You have this piece of latex in your hand, and you're supposed to lay it gently across or snatch an asshole like a picnic blanket, and then start munching on the blanket. I mean, who wants that for lunch? But you really can catch STDs in your mouth and throat, so you should do something to protect yourself from them. According to every official medical site, dental dams are, finger quotes, easy to use. But that makes no sense. Because you have to, like, hold it with your hands. And really, don't you want your hands to do other things? Like, fun stuff? And have you ever seen a box of dams in the store on the condomile? I'm gonna guess no. I just checked Amazon, and apparently you can buy them there but I'm mostly seeing mint and grape-flavored latex and, um, ew. Shouldn't they be, like, pussy-flavored? And oh my god, I just did a search for where to buy Dental Dams, and there's totally this map of all the Walmarts in the area, and I'm like, stop, you big liar. There is no way you can buy rimming mall in the same place. You can get a gallon of antifreeze and a shotgun. This has not been a good ad for Dental Dams so far. I apologize, but I really had to Google them because I know nothing about how the hell you'd use one. But then I saw this cool thing where somebody created a dental dam with ear loops. It looks kind of like a surgical mask, and I'm like, oh, now you're talking. Cover the mouth instead of the cooch. Apparently not available for purchase yet, but just think about it. Like, "'ribbed for your pleasure and strapped to their face. <laughs> "'Ladies?' "'Ladies, ladies, ladies. "'I'm afraid because some of you are stupid, "'we all have to be chastised yet again. "'Apparently at least two of you "'tried to hurry up your periods "'and get the bleeding over with "'by sucking the blood out with a vacuum cleaner.' I mean, I'm on my period right now and it's an especially heinous one, but come on! I know it's nasty. I know you're sick of it. But this is so dumb. Do you not know how your insides are constructed? Do you not know what your period even is? It's not like having a sump pump in your basement and you flip a switch and suck up all the moisture. This is tissue that is being discarded. It's like a big, wet, bloody scab, not a faucet. Plus, it's your body, and you should treat it with a little respect. Hell, if you can't treat your pussy right, how the hell anyone else gonna? Which reminds me, if you want to Google the myriad news stories recently about this women ending up in the emergency room because vacuum phenomenon, be careful where you click. There's some weird porn out there and it don't look sanitary. Step right up and hear about a weird injection that rich white women seem to think is necessary. A G-shot for your G-spot! It's only a thousand dollars! First, let's talk about the G-spot. What is it? Well, it's complicated, that's what it is. When people talk about it, they're always talking about how to hit it, because the Grafenberg guy said it was magic. Well, first of all, it's not really a spot. It's a whole area. And because the whole entire pelvic region gets involved in arousal, this spongy, gland-filled cushion around the urethra that runs along the anterior wall of the vagina, that means the front, gets engorged and makes things sensitive. But like most things that get sensitive, you can stimulate them way too much, and then it's like, get off me! We've all been there. So let's stop acting like there's this teeny tiny spot you need to search for and remember there's this whole woman with aroused engorged genitalia and you should maybe pay attention to what she tells you she needs so back to the stupid shot you know that collagen filler stuff that vain rich women get injected into their lips so they can look like a trout well imagine getting a shot of that right into the anterior wall of your vagina right where g-spot proponents say you are the most sensitive why would you do that because one of these gynecologist dudes who specializes in vaginal rejuvenation aka your vagina isn't good enough here let me fiddle with it thinks that artificially plumping it up would heighten your arousal and increase your orgasms he said to something called fabulous magazine which is clearly an esteemed scientific journal. I want to empower and educate and for women to be in tune with themselves. Think about that. He thinks for you to be empowered and in tune with yourself, you need to fork over a thousand bucks and let him stab you in the cooch. Am I pissed off? A little bit. And like all the rest of that Gwyneth Paltrow goopy bullshit, Is there any hard evidence that this shot has any real benefit? No, of course there isn't. I mean, let's say you got some collagen in your lips. Your face lips, not your nether lips. Would kissing automatically become more pleasurable for you? I doubt it. So why would artificially engorging your bits make anything feel better? Walking around with a perma-bulge up in your innards? Seems pointless. So spend that money on something more useful. Like a... Pitney and Amelia coffee mug. Ahem. <clears throat> Zazzle shop link in the show notes.
8: <clears throat> this is the beer that we should be drinking. Tastes terrible, but it's the aesthetic that counts. <laughs> That's uh. what she said. <laughs> oh, you're funny. I'm not actually sure how we're going to begin, so I think we'll begin like we always do, fumbling wildly.
9: Yeah, that's how sex works. That's how I do it. (laughs) Period facts. This is a period piece. I'm Jess from podcast Everything's Awful Forever.
8: Here to talk about your vagina. And historical vaginas. Yeah. Um.
9: I once heard of a vagina being referred to as the snack that smiles back. (laughs) Also... Beef curtains. I hate that. So I, after that, after I heard those things, I had a small recreational puke, and then got on with my teenage life in the noughties, thinking really, really, really hard about being straight. But times is different now, so. Here's a fact that I'll fact into your brain about vagines. Vagina
8: dentata. chum chum.
9: Yeah, the fear of men being castrated by women.
8: Oh, I hope that men do believe it, because that means that every time they insert themselves into a vagina, they know they've got a 50-50% chance of making it out. Do you
9: think all men just then think that they're like the super lucky ones that don't get chopped
8: off? <laughs> where, where they're like, I've made it so far. Like, oh my god.
9: <laughs> so let me tell you this myth. It's very good. So in the Shinto religion, there's a kanemara matsuri is the festival of the steel phallus so you're like yes yes i don't want to hear about fucking phallus tell us about the vagina oh you will here it goes <laughs> so a jealous young demon slipped up inside a woman's vagina made himself a little cozy home <sighs> in there but he had his like mouth right on where where her who hizzle is so As she is wont to do, she fell in love with a handsome man. And when they got married on their wedding night, took him to the bedroom, was like, let's do some flang. What's that? I don't know. I'm a virgin. I don't know sex. (laughs) Come on, let's go flang. And then he got his dick chomped off. So now she's like, well, shit. And now I need a (laughs) husband with a dick because you're useless now. Get the fuck out of here. So second time it happens she falls in love meets a man marries him and he gets his dick chomped off by the penis eating monster so she's all like well my vagina is apparently like gobbling all the dick so let's (laughs) fucking sort this out she gets herself a steel phallus so she has a dick she basically makes a steel dildo. nice shoves it up there and he shoves it up he there shoves it right wow. up there no lube necessary she's like get this fucking sorted out guys she makes an iron dildo this toothy, en- toothy entity likes dick chomping so badly let's see how he handles this so she gets it up it chops down it breaks all of its teeth so this is one of the few situations of vagina dentata where the woman actually solved it herself. Most of them, it's a gallant man that had to go and save her from the chompy dick life. Vagina dragon. Swords work. Yes. <laughs> so the celebration of this festival is about, like, they wheel around like a huge pink cock, <laughs> which is to me, it's like, okay, you're celebrating the dick though instead of the vagina and the woman. You should, To me, they should have a huge toothed vagina wheeling it around. So, um, the Kanayama Shrine, which is where this happened, was popular among sex workers who wished to pray for protection from sexually transmitted diseases.
8: I thought you were going to say sexually transmitted demons. <laughs> I was like, well, they, they do jump across.
9: Well, they did. That was what happened. So, that was our fact. This is Jess, Awful Forever Podcast. Vagina out. Vagina out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you know that, like your guts, the vagina is a microbiome that keeps you healthy? I mean, you know there's bacteria in it, and you definitely know that douching is bad because we need our bacteria and you're not dirty in there anyway, so calm down, Karen. But here's some cool info about your vaginal flora. Some of you may have heard that there's lactobacillus in your vagina, so you started putting yogurt in there. Stop doing that! First of all, as we've discussed before, stop shoving food into your hole. And secondly, it ain't the same kind of lactobacillus, kind of like how a lion isn't a jaguar, but they're both panthers. Anyway, we don't all have lactobacillus, but those of us who do have an advantage against bacterial invaders like chlamydia by lowering the pH to a level that foreign critters don't like. It also can keep you from getting bacterial vaginosis which is something a lot of women have and never get treated because they're embarrassed to tell their doctor that their cooch itches. Remember, we're talking about the old lady garden in every episode this year, so y'all can stop feeling so shy about your bits. Pretend you're a dude who wants everyone to see his dick, only don't actually send photos to people because gross. So what's the deal? Why do some of us have lactobacillus and others don't? Several reasons. First, if you were born vaginally, you were actually exposed to your mother's flora and that has an effect on what you've got. Cool, right? And if you've used a hormonal form of birth control, that has an effect. Estrogen-based ones tend to encourage more lactobacillus while progesterone-based ones don't. And here's something kind of crazy. Penises are covered in their own bacteria And if you don't have that protective lactobacillus in your vagina, their bacteria could wipe out yours like an invading army and set up camp. There goes the neighborhood. Good news, though. Science is working on a pussy probiotic. There are already some on the market that might increase your lactobacillus levels, but nothing's been proven yet. In the meantime, be nice to your nana and keep her happy. And put down that douche, Karen! I swear to God! So, gynecology appointments generally suck. I mean, maybe some of you have great doctors who use magical equipment that isn't uncomfortable and humiliating, but that's a rare bird. For me, it doesn't even matter if my doctor is the best because getting on that damn table and contorting my legs into that awful stirrup position where it feels like my hips are about to pop out a joint is absolute hell. Although I did have this one appointment once, before my doctor changed offices, where there was this weird electrical chair that made me think I was about to get a dental exam, but then it tipped back and raised up, and suddenly the damn seat dropped out, and holy crap, that was pretty awesome. Weird, but comfortable at least, but I've never seen one of those since. And then there's the speculum, that damn thing. One of the weirdest designs in all of medicine. It only barely does what it was designed to do, and yet that stupid thing is still what doctors use to look at our cervixes. 1840! That's when the speculum was invented. And because it's women's stuff, I guess, and nobody cares if we're uncomfortable, we're just stuck with it. People have only seriously tried to come up with something better in the 2000s, but most attempts failed because nobody would use them. If you were a doctor and you were told of a new device that would increase women's comfort and make your job easier, why wouldn't you use it? Don't make me scream patriarchy. And while I'm bitching about men, have you ever wondered why man part doctors are called urologists and not andrologists? Because men are the default humans, according to the history of medicine. Time's up! So what say we start asking our gynos why they're still using archaic tools to poke around our business. If you want some info on the different cervix spotting designs out there, I'm putting a link in the show notes to an article that will blow your mind. Enjoy! Ever heard of the husband stitch? Well, gather around kids. You might want to sit down. First of all, a quick note on episiotomies. In the early to mid-20th century, the perineum, that's the bit between the vaginal opening and the anus, which one of my college professors called the chin rest, it was routinely cut open during childbirth. The idea was that widening the vagina surgically would avoid tearing and be a cleaner cut that would be easier to repair later. And this was where the husband stitch was born, This routine, so-called necessary surgery on over 60% of the vaginas giving birth gave doctors the opportunity to give those ladies a better perineum than they walked in with. You know, tighten things up a bit. By the 80s, it was pretty clear that episiotomies were bullshit and actually caused the problems they were meant to prevent. They still happen sometimes, but only when actually medically necessary. Tearing is avoided in most cases by, you know going slow and being careful, the way vaginas like. So back to the husband's stitch, that extra stitch for daddy. It's almost impossible to know how many times this has been done on how many women, but some women know for sure because their obstetrician smirked and said something like, let's go ahead and give an extra stitch to make sure it's nice and tight, while she's lying there splayed out minutes after giving birth or a husband in the delivery room callously making a special request for one. You know, joking, but not. And there are lots of women who had terrible pain that continued long after childbirth, particularly during sex. Sometimes a woman goes in to get a pap smear years later and is asked, who stitched you up when you had your son? Because they can see how fucked up it is down there. We know so much more about how lady junk works now, And one thing we definitely know is making the opening smaller doesn't make the vagina tighter. And that giving birth doesn't just stretch everything out into a flappy mess any more than taking a giant shit makes you instantly and irreparably incontinent. So more knowledge means generally better care and fewer instances of medical folk just diving in and acting like they can work miracles that a woman's body can't handle just fine naturally. But it still happens sometimes. Because even when you're exhausted and at your most vulnerable, fresh from bringing new life into the world, some asshole is thinking about you as a hole to stick a dick in. Kegel exercises. You've heard of them. You might even do them. If you don't, listen up. It's hard to explain how to exercise your pelvic floor muscles without a lot of detail and a diagram, so I'll link you to a nice site in the show notes. For now, I'll just emphasize that we should definitely be concerned about the tone in our pelvic floor muscles, but not so much that we fall for bullshit like yoni eggs and swinging weights, because, as has been a common theme throughout this year of the vagina series, Women are always being encouraged to shove stupid shit into our holes. So, idiots like Gwyneth Paltrow say we should pay, oh sweet Jesus, $66, for an egg made out of jade, so sanitary, to stick up our cooches for the purpose of exercising them. Never mind that Goop was fined $145,000 last year for the bullshit medical claims they made about the benefit of these dumb things. They're still selling them! Look it up! I'm serious! The way they supposedly work is you stick it up in there and hold on tight. And it's a little heavy, so you really need to clamp down to keep it up in there. And then I guess you go about your day or something. Let's pretend I handed you a five-pound weight and instructed you to pick it up and bend your elbow and then just keep it bent like that for like an hour. You'd be like, isn't the point of lifting weights that you lift and release and lift and release and yes, 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 you're absolutely right. So imagine shoving a weight up in your cha-cha and just holding it there. Real Kegel exercises are a squeeze and release deal, not a squeeze-till-you-pass-out deal. And they don't cost a damn thing, either. Hey, Amelia, what was that you said about swinging weights before? Oh, yeah. So now imagine you shove an egg up in there, and you've attached a weight to it, using unwaxed dental floss, as old Gwinnie suggests. This weight is dangling from your bits. And you're meant to, like, swing it front and back because, I guess, skill level? Either way, you look like an idiot. And you're not actually doing anything beneficial that plain old keggles won't do for you. In fact, you could be doing some damage. God, can you imagine getting a Charlie horse up in there? I mean, one time mine clamped down real hard and he couldn't get his finger out for a minute or so. And, oh... Sorry. Anyway. There are a lot of Kegel exercise doodads on the market. Things that give you something to squeeze on. Lots of shapes and sizes and colors to get your attention. Now, some people feel like they need a gym membership or they'll never exercise. Some will only run on a treadmill because running outside seems stupid. Some people need things, I guess. And if it means you'll do it, great. But let me float this idea by you. I'm doing kegels right now, sitting at my desk. Someone is listening to this in her car, and she's giving hers a squeeze as she drives to work. No equipment or planning or privacy necessary. Do it waiting in the checkout line. Do it while that guy at work drones on and on about his fantasy football picks. Do it while your kid is explaining how they forgot to tell you they need a ladybug costume by tomorrow morning. Anywhere. Anytime. Just do it. And 19 and 20.
10: (sighs) You want to hear something scary? Sure. Vagina. I'm not scared of vaginas. Neither am I, but apparently people are. Like Pitney? Not like in a gay dude way, but in like a phobia way, like really scared, like phobia. So there are people who have like panic attacks and stuff when they see a vagina? See one, see a picture, think about them. Yeah, even some women are scared of their own vagina. God, as if women aren't under enough pressure. It can really mess with your life. It could be way beyond fear of having sex. Like, it's bad enough. It can make them scared even to be around women. Like, they are so fucking scared of the vagina. Ah, like Mike Pence. Got it. Like most phobias. Eurotrophobia. That's what it's called or something like that. You can look it up. Trust me. It's a real thing. Eutrophobia is usually caused by some sort of like trauma. It could be treated with exposure. But like Ex- if you're phobic. Yeah. Like if you're phobic and you're exposed to it, how do you really heal from it? You know, it's oh, weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it- yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. No, I joke not. It's a thing. <laughs> and like exposure to
0: vaginas, like I'm not scared of them, but I don't want them all exposed at me either. Hypnotherapy apparently works for some people. Mm. Oh, all right, Mr. Vice President. Just keep (laughs) your eyes on the swinging pocket pussy. You're getting sleepy.
10: Yeah, I really don't want to picture Mike Pence anywhere near a vagina.
0: Yeah, I think he doesn't want to be near him either.
10: Very white of him. Yeah. (laughs) The sad thing. is that women are being freaked out by their own vaginas. And it's weirdly common. Like we'll put the mirror down there and look at them and be like, ah, heaven forbid, we go to the gynecologist or OBGYN. Like we want to know nothing about them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, you know, actually, the the first time I ever the first time I ever looked at mine was after I had an ablation when all my skin was burned off, and that was attractive.
10: The first (laughs) time I heard about it was on Sex in the City when Charlotte said, "Put a mirror down there," and I did. I listened (laughs) to the TV, I looked at it, and I was like, "Facehugger! Oh my God, Ripley (laughs) would kill (laughs) this! Oh my God, I want to burn it!" And it would go. <laughs> An awful lot of women are convinced their junk is disgusting. When really, anyone you let close to your crotch is going to be pretty appreciative you let them get there. <laughs> oh, boy. And, you know, and you know, really, vaginas, they're like snowflakes, they're all pretty and unique. And fun to catch one on your tongue. Mm.
0: Hello! <laughs> Love it, Dolly. Back in 2017, during our Halloween special, I talked about where a lot of the Halloween witch stereotypes come from. The pointy hats, the cats, the boiling things in cauldrons. Well, here's one we didn't talk about. Why witches are depicted flying on broomsticks. You're gonna love this. First, let me talk real quick about Tlazolteotl, the fierce bitch, the Aztec goddess of filth, whose name is derived from the Nahuatl word for garbage. As far as I'm concerned, she's the patron saint of the bitchin' boutique. She's almost always depicted straddling a broom, and she is all about the dirty, filthy sex. She also apparently eats shit. You can look her up later. I just mention her because A, she's awesome, and B, broom-riding women were definitely a thing in the ancient world. So, back to Europe. Our good lady witches, who, you remember, were simply women who didn't need no man to support them because they made and sold beer also knew a lot about folk medicine and a really common thing back in the days of herbal ointments and brews was that they were gross and might make you vomit before they got into your system so ladies would apply them to the armpits the rectum or vulva for quick absorption okay so they rubbed medicine on their nethers where does the broom fit in keep in mind This was all nervous men explaining why they had to murder all these scary autonomous women. So, here's an account from Ireland in 1324, interestingly coinciding with the early days of the Aztec Empire, of a lady whose home was being searched for evidence of witchcraft. In rifling the closet of the lady, they found a pipe of ointment, wherewith she greased a staff, upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin. And a later account, from fifteenth-century witch-hunting inquiry records, "'But the vulgar believe, and the witches confess, that on certain days or nights they anoint a staff, and ride upon it to the appointed place, or anoint themselves under the arms, and in other hairy places.'" Ladies with no underpants, straddling greasy broomsticks, got it. But flying? Well, sort of flying. The sorts of compounds in these herbal remedies have definitely been tested in more recent years, and their hallucinogenic and psychosensory properties sound like really good stuff. Whether awake or asleep, it's very possible these women believe themselves to be taking some pretty wild rides, and as you can imagine, ladies with knowledge of the uses of plants, plus domestic implements, such as brooms, plus men being nervous that women are up to no good, equals witches. It's basic math. Y'all ready for some crazy shit? I've been saving this one because it's just too insane and hilarious. Plus, I was hoping to find some more information about it. Okay, here we go. Vagina goo can turn a guy into a zombie. I know, exactly. So here's the scoop. There's a YouTuber called Sandman, who is absolutely a misogynist piece of shit. I was too repulsed to dive deep enough to tell if he's an actual incel, but I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, dude has a theory, and it's hilarious. Quote Inside every single woman are hormones called copulins that are used to drug a man and control his mind. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Awesome, right? And he said right there that it isn't a conspiracy theory, which means he's totally legit. Here's more the vagina produces a thick fluid known as copulin that has actual mind control effects on a male's brain. If a man is exposed to a woman's copulins over time, she will be able to, number one, change, remove, or insert memories in a man's mind. Number two, tell the male what he sees, hears, feels, smells, tastes. Number three, insert subconscious thoughts that will surface as his own ideas or behavior later. And finally, number four, plant trigger words or actions that can cause thoughts, actions, or sensations in the mail at later dates. (sighs) He also thinks that we squirt fluid right into your dicks. And I'm not talking a little bit. I'm talking half a cup because your penis is a TARDIS, apparently. And that's not only how we control your minds, but also how you get STDs. Anyway... You men can protect yourselves from our evil mind-control goo by wearing a condom. But wait, watch out, because apparently we also smell like butter, and y'all can't resist that shit. Okay, so there's a super totally legit scientific website some asshole set up at copulins.freeservers.com, and y'all can read that at your leisure. But I want to tell you some real stuff. Copulins are an actual thing. You've heard of pheromones, right? That's what they are. Lots of studies out there about those, and it's generally considered true that humans and other critters have all kinds of ways of making sure they get it on when females are the most fertile. Copulins are a combo of five fatty acids in female bodies that increase in concentration during the follicular phase, aka when she's ovulating. And males exposed to them get a complementary increase in testosterone. Makes them think the women around them are more attractive, Makes them think they themselves are more attractive. You name it. And y'all know when I say attractive, I mean fuckable. Oh, and interestingly, if you're on the pill, you're not fertile, so you're not going to control men's minds. Um, 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 I'm, I mean increase their testosterone levels using copulence. So, ladies, take thee this knowledge and do what thou wilt. You know what I'm thankful for, ladies and gentlemen and others? Pubic hair! You know it's got actual uses. And not for stuff like needle-felting crafts, you weirdo. I mean, like, it serves a purpose on your body. And hey, if you hate it, if you have an aversion to it, feel free to just rip that shit out. Just be sure you're doing it because... You want to, and not because your partner acts like it's gross. Sack up, Chachi. It's just hair. So while you're enjoying your pumpkin pie this Thanksgiving, think about all those reasons that your body grew the old hair pie. One, it protects your junk by reducing friction and keeping things warm down there. It traps dirt and debris, and the follicles produce sebum, which is an oil that keeps bacteria from reproducing. So that means protection against stuff like urinary tract infections, some STDs, yeast infections, you name it. And you know you've got more pheromones hanging around you if you've got hair for them to ride on. So if it's so great, why are so many people obsessed with getting rid of it? Well, apparently, some of you want your sex partners to look like 10-year-olds. Hey, it's my show. I can say what I want. But seriously, there's this false belief out there that it's unhygienic, which is bullshit. And of course, there's porn, where women started shaving because I guess someone decided they really wanted to see every little flap. And once that became the norm, women were held to that weird and unrealistic standard. Here's some numbers for you. 31.5% of women say they groomed their pubes to make their pussies more attractive. About 21% of women say they shaved or pruned their bushes because their partners wanted them to. Boo. Boo! Men are far more likely to say they prefer no pubes at all, while women say they prefer things just trimmed up a bit. So hey, it is up to you if you want to risk cuts and abrasions and rashes and burns from hot wax on your naughty bits. Just be sure you do it, because you want to. Hardwood floor, area rug, or wall-to-wall shag carpet. Whatever your style, be careful down there.
9: (laughs) Hi. Uh,
8: intro. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> done 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 this is everything's all for forever i'm philippa evans i'm
9: jessica byrne
8: <laughs> i don't really know how to gracefully segue into my topic which is the connection between satan's and vaginas don't
9: segues. it comes up daily in my life i don't know about you but i'm like hey
8: have you heard about satan's vagina <laughs>
9: as we're talking to people <laughs> in
8: the and street. that's when they give you a wide-eyed look and try to back away but you just keep stepping forward But i'm like oh hey sorry you stepped away
9: from me i'm just gonna come in a little bit look
8: closer because otherwise you won't be able to hear me properly
9: <laughs> and then like oh, i've got to go and say like, oh where
8: we're we going i'm coming with you so anyway but i the vagina and so you're saying that i don't need to gracefully segue that no. it's just an assumed it's like the weather you don't you don't need to segue into that so it just happens the connection between satan and vagina's yeah. natural
9: it's something that just happens to you you know <laughs> it's like I'm talking about this now, like, oh, shit, it's like a wave crashing against a wa- rock, I can't do anything about it.
8: Well, everyone, this is happening to you now. So, so. deal with it. <laughs> yeah. So Satan has a lot to do with vaginas. Good. I bet <laughs> he does. <laughs> like a surprising amount. Mm-hmm. According to Karelian folklore, he created vaginas by striking a woman between the, ex- <laughs> the legs with an axe. <laughs> axe wound. No. Yes. yes. Say, thanks Satan for that. Women. Good. Oh my god. <laughs> Meanwhile, in 1486, Heinrich Kramer and Jakob Sprenger, two Germanic inquisitors, mm-hmm. realized that they had a lot to say about the old hairy axe wound. <laughs> a lot, a lot. The beef curtains. Oh. The fishy kebab. <laughs> All of this all of this, including the euphemisms that you have just <laughs> provided, <laughs> gracefully folded in. All of which they put into the malleus maleficarum or witch's hammer. Great. I like the idea of two inquisitors being like, Women, I'm a writer. Fuck about it. (laughs) Women? What's that about? I don't fucking know. Here,
9: I'm just gonna tell you it's this. It's axe It's gross. Listen up, women.
8: Listen, this is how you work. Shut up. The Malleus Maleficarum was ostensibly a discussion on how to identify witches, but also a low key incel rant about how awful women were. (laughs) And, like, what's a clitoris anyway? I don't even know myself. Do you? you No, I need a man to show me. I need a vagina. I have sex. How what? How sex do what? My vagina. I don't vagina. know. Show me and teach me, daddy. <laughs> Listen. Listen. Yeah. They're not going to tell you this. Okay. But the Malleus Maleficarum is the greatest sex manual of all time. Interesting. If you need to educate yourself, all right. read the Malleus Maleficarum. I have since learned that it's an axe wound. Look, at the very least, mm-hmm. they acknowledge the existence of a clitoris. Well, that's more than most things do. So, <laughs> so let's let's give them credit for that. Okay, that's fine. They can have a little bit of credit for that. So, like I said, the Malleus Maleficarum, ostensibly a discussion on how to identify witches, because an important part of hunting witches is knowing who they are. Mm-hmm. You can't just go throwing every woman onto the pyre.
9: As much as you want to, you've
8: run out of women. Yeah, what you, kind are you gonna of need do them? Them
9: Sometimes, who else is gonna die your socks?
8: It's a bit of a sausage party without them. Yeah,
9: so. yeah. too many dicks on the dance floor. Too many dicks. <laughs>
8: You don't know that reference? (laughs) No! Oh no. Uh, It was lost on me, but not unappreciated. Great. Fortunately, witches nearly always came with an identifying mark, a third nipple, a suspicious mole, wart, or pimple, or, or, a little lump of flesh between the legs, sticking out as if it had been a teat, directly above the vagina. Oh no. (laughs) So really, every woman's a witch. (laughs) Oh my god. Go on and embrace (laughs) it, ladies. (laughs)
9: he's so mad like uncovered that and was just like
8: (laughs) witchcraft witches Witches. (laughs) I love that they were identifying like examining the bodies of women and they're like (laughs) poking
9: (laughs) I don't know what these two lumpy flesh orbs are on the chest but I don't like it
8: but we'll let it slide looking down looking down What? where are the bowels where is the bowels and pains what is this (laughs) I mean if you think about it a penis is a much better devil's teat hell yeah it's much more like a It's definitely more like a city girl. (laughs) Witchcraft, according to Springer and Kramer, evolves out of a woman's naturally wanton, lustful nature. Of course. And the clitoris is the big red button that activates demonic fuckery. I quote: Everything in woman is governed by carnal lusting, which is insatiable in them, and for this reason they even cavort with demons to satisfy their lust. You can tell he was just wanking furiously as writing everything about women is about carnal lust. Oh, I think I'll write the next chapter to tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so to identify a witch, locate the clitoris. Poke it, and if it swells, burn her no. <laughs> on the pyre. Uh, I think this came along more with English witchcraft, but it's this devil's teat or witch's teat that is used to suckle their demonic familiars, Satan too, because he's a generous lover. Yeah, that sounds that's kind
9: of kind of good though.
8: <laughs> Where can I get me one of them for me? <laughs> suckle in my devil's teat. You know what I mean. Mm. So women, embrace your witchy. Your witchy teats, I guess. <laughs> witchy nethers?
9: Yep. Get the devil to suck on it. I don't know. What's, there's no moral to the story. Just we're all witches. We're bitches and witches. The devil wants to suck there, and so do you. So it's fine. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, oh, we know so little oh about the god! Words. And we still feel that way to this day. <laughs> witches.
8: Witches. We really know
9: how to end this. We can just No, we never we don't even know how to end our own podcast. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Bye. That like, what a year it's been! Vagina havers, vagina lovers, and the vagina indifferent. I can hardly believe the year of the vagina is over. Feels like only yesterday I was explaining it to people. Oh, wait, yeah, I never stopped having to do that. But you guys got it. You enjoyed it. Or at least you didn't hate it enough to complain. It's a lot of vagina, as the actress said to the bishop. Anyway, here's your last brand new Year of the Vagina segment. It's a musical number, a jaunty holiday tune, and I sincerely hope it gets stuck in your head and you accidentally sing it in front of that neighbor who already thinks you're a weirdo. Could be worse. Could be Baby Shark. You know Cooter and Squeezebox and Fanny and Hoo-Hoo Twat, coochie, lady bits, cha-cha, and foo-foo But do you recall why we spent 19 all Vaginal. Folks are scared of vaginas. They can barely say the word. Just apart like an elbow. Being squeamish is absurd. Women, you need that health care. Better take it seriously. Talk straight with all your doctors. Or your vag's history. Late in 2018, I just had to say, Bitches, hold on to your hats. Vagina talk is where it's at. And all you bitches loved it. Educated about your bits. The year of the vagina absolutely was the tits. The Year of the Vagina bonus episode's secret code word is... Minge. Minge. Minge.